Hey there, and welcome to the Unlikely Artist Podcast, where I'll teach you how to gain the freedom you need to become who you want, instead of who you've been telling yourself you need to be. I'm Heather Kerr. I went from international tax to art and coaching because those are the things I've been yearning to do. Listen in to find out how you can start doing what you love to in slow, easy steps each week. Let's dive in now. Hello, Savvy Souls. So recently I had to do a pretty deep dive into my feelings about a couple of things that happened to me. There are two different scenarios, not going to go into specifics, but they happened close together. In each case, somebody else did something that really bothered me. And I noticed I was filled with resentment and blame and sadness and jealousy. And it was kind of all wrapped up together. And so part of me was really deep into it, but part of me was kind of observing and watching what was happening. And I noticed that I had repetitive thoughts about what had happened. I was replaying the scenarios in my mind over and over again re-experiencing the event and arguing in my head with what had happened, disagreeing with the actions the people had taken, wanting them to have taken different actions, responded differently. And then I kept playing scenarios in my head about what I could say or do now to deal with the fact that I was really annoyed and upset by what had happened. And I was planning different ways I could respond to each situation. But these periods of overthinking were taking the fun out of other things that I could have been spending my time doing. When it came time to paint, which is something I normally love to do, and I'm quite devoted to my creative practice, I found it hard with all this busy chatter in my mind to make space for it and to create anything good because it comes from a completely different part of my brain than the part of me that's fussing and worrying about what other people have done or said. I found it hard to focus on any of the other things that I'm creating, the things that are good, the things I want to focus on. Savvy Souls, I'm betting that some of you at least can relate to this experience of other people doing something and then spending time focusing on it and wishing it were otherwise. So today I want to talk about what we can do when we don't want other people to be doing what they're doing. What we can do when we're feeling angry and judgmental and resentful and hurt and blaming and annoyed because of the choices other people have made to do or say something. What we can do so we don't get diverted from what we want to be doing, creating, building, composing, and enjoying. So here are some of the kind of situations I'm thinking about. So let's say someone else disagrees with you or they don't understand what what you're saying, they misunderstand what you said, and they have certain reactions 
to what you've said, or they just totally disagree with it. And you can't stop thinking in your mind about how they're wrong and how they should agree with you, or they shouldn't misunderstand you. You want them to think differently about things. You want them to be agreeing with you. And it really bugs you that they have a different point of view or another kind of situation. You don't get included in a event or gathering. You're not invited to something you wished you were invited to. People get together and you're, they just don't think about including you or you have, see other people involved in something you wish you could be included in. And you start dwelling on how you don't belong, you don't fit in, and you feel bad about it. Or let's say someone else criticizes you either to your face. So you're out somewhere and they criticize you like either directly, they say something that really gets under your skin, or they even say it in front of other people, or maybe they gossip about you or say bad things about you behind your back. And in all of these situations, what they say really bothers you. And you start dwelling on it and reflecting on it and wondering if it's true and then feeling angry that they said it and all of those things that we do when we're criticized. Or let's say someone doesn't hire you or give you the promotion or buy something that you offer. And you, so you start dwelling on that. You start dwelling on why didn't they they do that? Why didn't you get the promotion? Why didn't they hire you? Why didn't the client buy your services? Why didn't your art sell? And that really starts bothering you and you want it to be otherwise. You want them to have hired you or given you the promotion or to have bought what you offered. Or someone else just doesn't think about you at all. They forget your birthday or they don't call you when they said they would, they forget, or they don't answer your emails and you feel ignored and you feel judgmental about them not responding in the time frame you want or upset that they forgot something important to you. Or someone else has different ethics or values than you. And so they make different choices than you would have made in those same circumstances. And you obsess about it. You think they're thinking about things the wrong way, right? I've got wrong way in quotes, right? Because you're deciding how they're thinking, their values, their ethics are wrong. Or someone's working for you and they don't do what you want, or they don't do it as well as what you wanted them, or they do it differently than how you wanted it to be done. And you judge other people as doing things wrong compared to your standards. Or someone does better than you. They succeed at something you desperately want to succeed at too. And you're consumed with jealousy, you're wondering, why does it work for them? Why didn't it work for me? Like, why are they so much better than me? And you kind of go down that path. My last example is a general one. It's for all fans of succession, you know, that wonderful, probably, possibly my favorite of all time, or one of my top three of all time shows succession. So for all of you who are succession fans, think about pretty much any character 
in the show and think about the arc, the narrative over the four uh, seasons and think about all the situations that that character was consumed with wanting another person to be acting differently, saying different things, making different choices. And overall, how much suffering that caused each of the characters. Okay, so I think you get my drift. Savvy souls, quite frankly, these situations all suck. And there's a reason for that. It's super frustrating to want other people to think or act differently. Why? Because we don't control other people. That's why it's so frustrating. Sometimes, rarely, we can influence their behavior, but we can never control their behavior. Even influence is rare. People go through their own processes and ways of making decisions that are based on their experiences, the way they think, the way they believe the world operates, what they're wanting to achieve, their justifications and rationales their personalities and ethical values. All of that comes from them, not us. Even if we do express ourselves, that's only one small input into their process and they get to process however they want. Of course, there are situations as parents or employers or bosses where we do have a responsibility to teach, to encourage, to motivate our kids, employees, team members to do things differently. But even then, we still don't control the other people, even our kids. Savvy souls, we all tend to be, quite frankly, a little bit egocentric. We think everything is about us. We see the world from our point of view because it's the only way we can see it. We overestimate the amount of time other people are thinking about us. They're generally not thinking about us. Their world revolves around them. They're thinking about what they want and need and how other people are reacting to them. Here's the thing, savvy souls. Resentment, judgment, jealousy, blame, anger. These are real feelings that surface naturally and spontaneously in all of these kind of situations. But that's okay. What's not okay is when we let those feelings take over, fuel our rumination, when we keep repeating the stories we're upset about over and over in our heads, maybe to our friends. None of that is helpful. If you keep thinking about what went wrong, there's nothing that comes from that that will help you in any way. Savvy Souls, I want to recommend two approaches you can try. I've found these to be so useful when I've been caught up in these situations where I'm feeling really fussed about what other people are doing and I notice I'm dwelling on it. So these techniques are of course only useful when I remember them. And sometimes like recently, I forget about these techniques for a couple days. And then when I remember, it's just, oh my God, I wasted so much time. Okay, the first technique is physical 
and the other one is mental. Let's start with the physical technique you can try out the next time you're bothered by what someone else is doing. I do find it's great to start out with this physical technique because when our nervous system is really triggered, when we're in that high emotional reactive state, it can be really hard to reframe things mentally. It can be really hard to change the way we're thinking. So what I find is it's easier to start out with addressing the physical and then going to the mental. So the approach I'm going to recommend is from Michael Singer, who wrote Living Untethered. He also wrote originally The Untethered Soul. And then he wrote this very practical book called Living Untethered. And if you don't want to read his book, he's got a zillion YouTube videos for free where he talks about these techniques uh, because I can only do it brief justice here. But this technique is life-changing. And how it works is this. When you feel one of these terrible feeling kind of feelings in your body, when you start noticing that you're fussing over things, you're arguing against something that's happened, uh, when you're really resisting what's happened, what you do is you give yourself a bit of space and you feel those emotions, you let the jealousy or the resentment or the fear or the frustration or whatever is naturally happening for you, you let that bubble up in your body and you just feel it. You notice the emotions, you stop trying to resist them and you just feel the physical sensation of those emotions. You feel them, you feel them and you let them be there. You let them be there. But then what you do is you, you're in the physicality of the feelings. And if that's hard for you, just start to notice the next time you're feeling a strong negative feeling. Do a scan through your body. Just kind of walk through your body, body part by body part, especially in the torso area. And just notice where there might be a physical tightness or a sensation or something that you can feel physically. You'll likely start at least with some practice, noticing some physicality to your emotions. So once you're in that physicality of the emotions, what you can do then, let's say it was a tightening in your throat what you want to do is re relax your body around the area where you're feeling it. Or let's say your gut is clenched up. You feel, feel that real tightness there or a heaviness in your heart, okay? So you notice those that constriction, the heaviness, the tightening. And then you just physically relax your body around. The emotions. You keep thinking about the situation. You feel the emotion. You feel the physicality of it, but relax your body around it and just tell yourself, letting go, letting go. So that is 
a technique that is incredibly useful. I love it because you don't need to dissect it. You don't need to analyze it. You just go into the physical feeling of it and you let it go. I love it because it's so simple and it applies to everything. You just learn how to relax physically into it and let it go. Okay, once you've done that, you are ready to do the second technique, which is mental. It's really reframing things and thinking about whatever situation that's bothering you differently in a way that won't keep bothering you. So here's what you do the next time one of these situations bubbles up for you. You say to yourself, somebody else is doing something and it's really bothering you. You wish they were doing something else, but you say to yourself, I'm going to allow them to do that. So this is kind of a funny statement. I'm going to allow them to do that because you don't actually have control over them, but there's this shift when in your mind you say, I'm going to allow them to do that, it starts to feel like you have a bit of control. So I want to explain or take this a little bit further with a couple examples so you can see what I mean, because I don't think it's necessarily intuitive how that would work. So let's say your aunt greets you at every frigging family function with this question. So when are you finally going to get married? And you find it humiliating, it bugs you, and you've told her four times to please not do that. But every single event, she always does that. So instead of fussing afterwards about how she always does this and how you keep asking her to change, and she doesn't, instead, you tell yourself, I'm going to allow her to say this at every family function. Now, when you say that, it doesn't mean you like it or appreciate it. It doesn't even mean that you don't respond to her or that you don't ask her not to do it again. What it does mean is you respond however you want in whatever way makes sense to you but without feeling that intense emotion, resentment, frustration around it, and without needing her to change. This time, if you've told her a bunch of times before, guess what? She's probably not going to change. What you say isn't impacting her. And you can allow her to be that way without thinking about it afterwards over and over again. With resentment, you just let it go and you respond however you want, but from this place of being centered and calm and being okay with whatever she does. Okay, second example, you apply for a promotion and they hire someone else that you judge to be grossly inferior to you. There's no way that they're going to do as good a job as you would have done. You give yourself time to process the disappointment, the feelings around that, which might be quite intense. So when I say process it, I mean using the first 
physical technique where you're feeling the emotions and relaxing around them and letting them go. And then you say to yourself, I'm going to allow them to do that. You're not saying you agree with their choice, but you're not fussing uselessly about something that's already happened. You're refocusing on what you'll do next, what you want, what steps you can take, what attitude you'll adopt. And you do it from this centered, accepting place. Okay, this has happened. I can't control that. What I can control is what I decide to do next. Maybe it's even leaving your job. It's okay. But you make the decision from this grounded place. The peace of mind you'll create for yourself instead of fussing about it is intense. Okay, a third example. Your spouse forgets your anniversary every single year. And you don't remind them because, well, they should remember. They'd remember if they cared enough, right? Or they always remember, if they remember it all, last minute. And then they put it on you. They say, hey, you want to go out for dinner? Where would you like to go? But there's no planning on their part. There's no romantic gestures. There's no gift. There's no card. So you spend the day fussed and feeling miserable and you feel rejected. Instead of feeling terrible and rejected, you could say to yourself ahead of time, I'm going to allow them not to remember our anniversary this year and not plan anything. And then you get to decide ahead of time what you want to do. You take control of making your anniversary a big deal if you want to. You make the plans. You decide how you'd like the both of you to celebrate. And you plan it ahead of time. You create the enjoyment and celebration. I have a friend who does this. She has the happiest marriage and she just always plans her birthday, their anniversaries. She makes it into a big deal. And her husband happily goes along with it. And she has no resentment about doing this. And it's, it's amazing the impact it has on both of them. So Savvy Souls, there are a lot of things I've learned as a life coach and on my own spiritual and creative quest that I found life-altering. But these two techniques that I talked about today are two of the most profound. This general idea that my feelings are okay and I can experience them and let them go. For me, this was absolutely mind-blowing. I've always been a deep feeler. I take things to heart and I feel things deeply. And when my psychologist said a few years ago, hey, Heather, your feelings won't kill you. I was like, wait, what? I realized when she said that, that deep down, I thought my feelings could absolutely kill me. They felt so intense. This practice of feeling them and relaxing around them and letting them go has made a huge difference to my stress levels and to my peace of mind and to my general sense of belonging and well-being. And secondly, the idea I can't control other people and the choices they make. I can't control my adult kids. 
I can't control my family or my friends or my colleagues or my clients or my neighbors. What a revelation. What a relief. Because I can be released from trying to change them and focus instead on controlling what I can control, how I think about things, how I want to show up, what I'll do or say, what plans I'll make, what I'll choose to do or not do. This has opened up so much extra time for me, not trying to second guess uselessly what everyone around me does, not trying to change what they do, This allowing other people to be who they are is such a relief. It's so much easier. So Savvy Souls, do please let me know if you try either of these techniques and let me know how they work out for you. I absolutely love getting your feedback. You can always write to me anytime about an episode or anything else at heather at gracedcanvas.com. That's G-R-A-C-E-D-C-A-N-V-A-S.com. And Savvy Souls, I like to say this every once in a while, just to remind you, if you find this episode useful and you can think of anyone else who might benefit from it, who doesn't follow me, but, you know, sometimes has problems with other people, please share it with them. And if you haven't already, please follow me so you don't miss an episode. And also, if you haven't done this yet, write me a review. All of these things you can do really help me share the ideas I've developed to help you and a larger group of people. Doing this podcast is a labor of love for me. Let's work together to spread the love, Savvy Souls. And speaking of which, I love you. Have an awesome week and see you next time. So if you're energized by the possibilities you're hearing about on this podcast, but you're wondering how it's possible to actually make what you've been fantasizing about doing actually happen, I'd love you to join me for a free strategy session where we'll talk about coaching together. We'll explore how you can start making what you want possible by taking small, easy steps that add up to something amazing. Just click on the link in the show notes below this episode to book your free call. I'd love to meet you live. And all my listeners, remember, it's finally your time to do what you want.